us. <laughs> so we're in the middle of a conversation here, so I'm not really going to introduce it right now, but it's there there are so many people on like both sides of the spectrum where it's like no anti-diet culture this you can't want to change your body um I'm not getting you to worry about your body comparisons your weight your blah 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 so then people get into the mindset of oh so I can't change my body oh so maybe it's really bad that I want to actually lose weight but now I'm really confused because these people are saying I need to actually grow muscle and eat more and do all these other things but then these people are it, it's like the thing I love about Josh is like there's this middle that I want to get in because my goal is to bridge the gap saying you can change your body without the needless obsession of micromanaging stressing overthinking overcomplicating, and always digging up the seed to see if the garden is flourishing but then on the other side people are like no track you ate this always do your body measurements always like it's it's obsession on both ends and Josh brings it more so into the middle and teeters on the side of let's just form the habits. Let's just look into the mindset of it all. And that is so much needed in a world where it's either one or the other and very balanced on the extremes of like the whole bodybuilding side of things, because that's still perpetuating. And this part, I know you can actually go on about this one as well. The thing that I see with people going into this anti-diet kind of thing, which shits me to the oblivions, is they put themselves onto like the comp prep. They put themselves into some stupid, ridiculous, restrictive, dumb shit, fuckery, whatever. Like it's just doing my, like they do dumb shit. And then they yeah. go to the other extreme and they're like, no, love your stuff. You can eat whatever. Let's just do intuitive eating. And they put it in a way where it's not actually going to work. Like you've been doing this for ages. You can't just tell someone who's intuitively ate their way to where they are right now to just intuitively eat because they don't know how to intuitively eat. It's a skill. Yeah, skill. Maybe we can start there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, um, totally on board with everything you said, of of course, like like, like we were talking about before. Um, It's one of those things where both sides are just so rigid right anti-diet versus like diet culture like they're both just like super super rigid here's the only way you can be here's the only choices you can make and um and like if we want to play in the middle we have to look at like is it actually possible to accept myself and change and can i be good to myself and work on goals and 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 of course you can i mean like there's a whole world of like contextual behavioral science that where, where we know that the dialectic between acceptance and change is actually like really effective right um but like you were saying about like being in this middle with intuitive eating like you go from like super super strict like tracking everything to like eat quote intuitively without any skill building like like you it's it's like you don't you don't know how right it's like um it's like telling someone to just like balance in a one minute handstand you know, like just, just hearing that doesn't help. You can build the skills, but um, it helps to have frameworks to learn. And um, it takes some practice and some making mistakes. And um, ultimately uh, that practice of making mistakes is, is, um, is, is, is worth it. I mean, like that, I mean, like that's how we learn anything hard, right? 
so um so yeah that's that's kind of where i live where it's like hey let's figure out what your what your personal values are and what like the kind of person that you want to be about eating in your relationship to your body and then let's build the skills for you to actually be um successful in making choices that align with that you said something very powerful in that and that's practice making mistakes and something that i put up a post on recently and once I get onto Instagram, I'll tag you because you're more active in there than Facebook these days. But you're not a masterpiece. You're not meant to be a project. It's not about being a masterpiece or working on you as a masterpiece. Your life is the masterpiece. Your life is the project. It's not you. You're experiencing life in your body. And if you keep trying to make your body perfect, trying to make your body a masterpiece and everything about you is this masterpiece to do, you're going to always seek perfection versus being a practice in this like life is the game and you're trying to practice it but like people are scared of making mistakes they fear change and it's like where did this start from where but they don't like those uncomfortable questions and maybe you can dig into the mindset and how you go about this particular aspect where people are human doings they always feel the need to do they want to love for others they want to care for others they want to meet other people's needs and all these other things where they leave themselves behind which makes this spectrum even more important because so many people are these days it's either you go really hard or you make excuses for why you don't need to work so hard so you always try to find that easier way out of it now yeah yeah okay you touched on a lot of things (laughs) um hold on just had an alarm go off um so you touched on a lot of things and so i think i'm going to start with what i think was common to all of them um which is like you were talking about people people looking at, at like trying to make their like their body a masterpiece and you're also talking about like that sort of like perfectionism around, around how they look but you're also talking about like people like neglecting themselves and taking care of other people and i think what can be often common to both of those is that there um we have these sort of like ideals and standards about who like who we need to be to be liked or who we need to be to be valuable or who we need to be like morally or well, morals a little different, but, but just um, it's really easy to get hooked into like a standard or an idea of like how I need to be. And that sets up like these rules of what we need to do. And, um, and that's really different from uh, looking at like the way, the way that, that I would look at values from like a, um, from like a contextual behavioral science standpoint or from like a self, self-determination theory standpoint is looking at a value as like a way of being that has some flexibility to it. Like if I was looking at, um, I wanted to be self-compassionate, um, that could look different in different situations. Sometimes the, the self-compassionate choice would be like, you know, turning off the movie and going to sleep. Sometimes it would be, um, you know, like skipping the the fast food and eating the, maybe it's even just better fast food. Um, other times it might be like, 
you know what? Like I'm having like my kids bake chocolate chip cookies. I don't want to make chocolate chip cookies with them. Like, like there's a, there's a flexibility to it where you could actually make a choice based on that in a given situation. And, um, and I think that, that the issue everywhere is a certain amount of like rigidity based on like, I've got this like ideal body that I need to have for people to like me or for me to feel good about myself. Or I've got this like standard, like the strength standard I need to hit for my, you know, for the gym bros to like me or, or, or whatever. We set these, these standards that are just super rigid where our, um, our values, like the kind of person that we want to be, um, if we dig in on that, it's actually like situationally dependent, like being wise or being courageous or being um, kind or, or wh whatever, like it's easy to sort out what that decision is in a, in, a, in a specific situation, but that decision might look different in two different situations. Is that, is that, too, <laughs> is that too esoteric? <laughs> That, that is actually, you're going to have to go back to all the other things I said too, but <laughs> like, because, because this is such, oh, this topic is so good. We're probably going to have to do a part two if you're up for that. Are you up for that? Sure. Yeah. Like this, it's situationally dependent, like you said, but we're so like, we can't see past the immediate that we don't comprehend that our answers will always be different in every situation. And something that I come up across a lot with my girls is you don't need to give 100%. Well, when I say 100%, I mean your version of 100% because you should always give 100% as in your best, but you need to realize that 100% looks different every single day. Like one day I might be able to squat 80 kilos because I feel really good. And then one day... I could have a really shit sleep. I could mindsetly, you can talk about the mindset and the placebo of everything, but like I could go into the session like, oh, I feel like shit today. Uh, the worst thing, oh, my watch said that I had really shit sleep. So I'm going to have a shit session today. And then my best seems to be like a 60 kilo squat. Like your mindset is the key yeah. factor in all of this. And if you tell yourself, I saw Jeb Johnson put this, my nerve. I saw someone put this up and I'm like, I just posted about this yesterday and now you're posting it. So this must be a common thing going around where people say like, oh, I always crave these things every single night or I always want this. It's like you're putting it into your head that this is the way it's going to go, which is why it's not as easy as, okay, track everything. Okay, let's just love your body and go the complete opposite direction. Like you need to realize Every situation is dependent on not only your mindset, but the things that led up to it. And we connected on this conversation. I just said many things again, but we connected on the conversation of <laughs> this is why you can't just come to me or any other coach and say, oh, the weekend was hard. Oh, I keep doing it. Oh, I slept in again. And then we try to dig into the why around it, the lead up to it, the mindset around it, but then you just deflect it. And that whole thing came up because I'm reading this conversation with one of my girls who I keep asking this question. This is probably the 10th time I asked it and I haven't got an answer since. And this yeah. is 10 times over two months of asking this question. But why do you care about what other people think? She's like, exactly. I'm like, that was actually a question to you. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I know it was a question. She's like, I know it was a question, but I'm actually not worried about what other people think. I'm like, but it's been two months. 
and you're still worried about what other people think. So what's the question? She's like, it's a work in progress, but I'm starting to really focus on the who cares what they think. I'm like, that did not answer my question. (laughs) People are so uncomfortable with this shit, but what is the importance of tying all this in with practice making mistakes? How I need to be, how I should be, what I need to do, how that all ties into the framework. Yeah. There's a lot there. Yeah. Was that was it, was it, um yeah? It's the it's oh so the mindset <laughs> the the mindset around it all because there was the practice in making mistakes. There's the expectations that we feel we have on others, but then we do things out of oh, but this person's watching me. Oh, but I can't do this. I can't be vocal about this. Yeah, that impacts us doing what we should do for ourselves because all of this somehow is where our focus is yeah and that's that's one of those things where um actually i uh i just went to a workshop with a guy jonathan bricker who's a um uh really really uh, amazing researcher on um on uh behavioral weight loss he also does smoking cessation but he he just started going to behavioral weight loss and one of the things that he kept talking about was that our eyes look out instead of in so we're just way better at (laughs) paying attention to what's going on out there than what's going on inside and i think i think everything you're speaking to comes down to that most people haven't spent any time um clarifying their values and what really matters to them and they haven't looked at like they haven't they haven't maybe like put together like a like a pie chart of the things that matter to them in their lives and and like situated like oh you know what like fitness is something that really matters to me and also like I do have a family and I do have a career and I do have friends and I need to make this all work together at the same time and and then you can you can have some really fun st- you know what I mean like like the reality is most of my clients at some point in their life were taught that looking good was the way to like make it in the world. Like that was the way to, to have their relationships work or, or to, to be liked, to be accepted, to be, you know. And so um, we have to confront like, who told me that at what time? Is that, is that true? Now is that true? Is that, is that the whole story, you know? And, um, and are there other things I bring to the table besides that, right? Like, am I, am I effective at work? Am I loving to my family? Do my, do my friends like how I, how I show up as a friend, you know, like there, there are all these other, like our values interact with other people. And in a lot of ways, that's actually what we connect with them on. And yet we've been taught that it's all how we look and it's all our fitness, you know, and it, it gets even weirder in the fitness world where it's like, you know, people are like, people won't like me if my military press isn't this high, you know? Um, but um, it, it's just a matter of like actually taking a little bit of time and, and looking at like what actually matters to us. And so for the people listening, what that could look like is, is you could Google values list, right? And I think like Brene Brown has a good values list or you could Google acceptance and commitment therapy values list or, and um, sometimes it's easier to pick from a menu. And then, um, like maybe like circle a couple words you like and then try and think about what it would like, what, what would it look like in different eating situations to make decisions from, from those, like whatever they are, whether they're, you know, 
wise or connected or adventurous or playful or uh, conscientious or, you know, what, what, whatever you end up choosing. Um, and then you can start getting into the game of contrasting. Here are the things I was taught about my body, about food, about like, cause people didn't come up with stuff on their own. They were taught it. Here's all the stuff I was taught by diet books or my PE teacher or my parents or whatever. And here's what I'm sorting out for myself in terms of my values and what matters to me. I love this. I tagged you in a post just then. It's the, <laughs> the journey is, yes, the journey is so much about unlearning because you can't, something that really I see a lot is you superficially commit to a coach or to a program but you haven't fully committed, yet you still expect results. You can't get results unless you shift the mindset. And I have the saying that now people are quoting, which is really freaking awesome, but <laughs> your default settings are bullshit. You need to update your hardware because if you don't bring, <laughs> if you don't bring that with you, you're going to be like I have spoken about on so many of my old like past podcasts, you're going to be a shell. Because like you said, it's the values. And if you are a client listening to this, just shoot me a message because I have a few resources that I've already created. And you spoke about the wheel. I also have the life values wheel where you actually yeah. try to put in where you feel you're putting in a lot of your effort. Because if oh, you, yeah. Have, yeah, yeah. If awesome. you have 100 points, yeah, I have that in the yeah. group. But if you have 100 points to play with, for example, you can't have any of those flourishing if you're trying to give 10 points to each one like you need yeah. to pick which ones are the ones that you want to give a lot more time to and I feel like a lot of people don't even have points on that circle because so yeah. many of those points are like it's almost like a circle but there's like that core in the middle and that core in the middle is body obsession food obsession yeah. worrying about like people say tracking your food is obsessive and like whatever it might mean or planning your meals ahead is obsessive. But this is where I try to bridge the gap where no, you need to do that in the like situationally dependent as Josh said, yeah. you need to do that because what is more obsessive? Because for me, my obsessive was, oh my God, I'm such a snacker. You can pick on my hat. You can pick on my language here and then like coach me through it. Cause this is what people do all the time. So coach me through this. Okay. Oh my God. I'm such a snacker. I can't stop. Like I've always been a nibbler. I've always done this. Like from as, from as far back as I can remember, I've always failed to meal plan and stick to my plan. I've always failed to just stick to my alarm clock getting up. I keep pressing snooze. I keep slipping in and it feels like shit all the time. And then I snack and then the rest of my day shit. Okay. So if, if, if I'm coaching you, I'd be like, um, let's, let's pick one of those. Snacking? Do you want to start with snacking? Where would you start? I would start with snacking. So you said you've always been a snacker, right? Um, and uh, you know you, you probably have, right? Right? Like you you actually have this history, and so um, there's like there 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 are two different ways we can go with that, right? One there's logistics, and one another there there is like the mindset that you were talking stuff you were talking about earlier, like logistically first place I would go if you're always snacking is I'd take a look at your meals I'd look at like are your meals balanced are you eating enough at meals like have you dieted so long that like your meals got really small and you're actually like really truly hungry and so you're snacking because your meals aren't big enough 
So like, first let's sort out your meals and make sure like that's handled, right? And then if we handle that, then, um, then let's actually take a look at like, um, you know, since you specifically brought up mindset, I'd say like, let's look at that as, as a mindset. Um, you notice that you have this thought that, um, I mean, you're, what, you're, what you're telling me is you have this thought that you've always been a snacker, right? Could you have that thought and also like in the next week, pause 10 minutes every time you want to have a snack, like pause 10 minutes and wait and then make a choice about having a snack. What if I don't want to miss out on all of these good foods that are out there and I feel like I need to eat these sweets and I can't miss out on life while this is happening because it brings me so much joy. Like good food is really joyful. I, I I want I want you to have I want you to have food that that you love and and that brings you joy. And so, but you also told me like the reason you came to me is that you were saying that um, that you feel bad when you're snacking like all the time. Like you almost sounded like you feel like you're like you're not in the driver's seat. And so I just want to put you in the driver's seat. And so um, I'm, I'm I'm actually going to walk you through the whole deal, right? Okay. Driver's seat analogy. This is how I first found you that driver's seat analogy. I, oh, really? My video, my video popped up from 2017, and I was walking through the stropping aisle with my hair and my gym clothes, and I'm like, "You need to get into the driver's seat with all the like the snacks in the in the like shopping center." And yeah, so yeah, take me through the whole deal. Okay, so um, so put me in the next situation. Put me in the next situation where where you're gonna typically snack. When I'm with family and friends, because that's how we bond and get together. Oh, okay. How often does that happen? How often do you guys get together? Whenever I get, this is the powerful part. Whenever I get asked for a meal out and then on the weekends, because it's the only time I get to deload because I'm so busy through the week. I don't even have time to scratch my ass. <laughs> so, um, so a couple times a weekend or, or like once a weekend or? I'm so busy that it tends to be only one time, but then when we get invited, it can be twice a weekend. Okay. So, I mean, like stepping back, well, I actually, actually, okay. T tell me, looking at this weekend, um, you have some snacks or you have too big of a meal or like, like what, what actually happens? So we get together and then there's so much good food around and I just can't control myself because I don't want to miss out on that stuff. And sometimes oh. it rears its head at nighttime when I haven't even had a chance to sit down and it's the same thing, but it's just different when I'm with other people because that's what we bond over. We make food together. Yeah. It, it, it matters to you to connect with your, connect with your family and friends, right? It does because we don't get a lot of time for that. Yeah. And then, but you said it also happens at night. Yeah. Is that I what you just said? Yeah. And you said that they're, they're different. Yeah. So I yeah. don't for myself there, but then I don't get time to hang out with those. So it's just what we do to connect. Yeah. Okay. So this, this is cool because um, you've got, you've got, you've got two different things, right? You've got at night, you're like, oh man, I don't really get time for myself. This is like, 
is it like how you chill or like how you relax or something to do for yourself is it kind of like that it I hate it because I keep falling off track and then I don't want to check in so it's I don't know it just happens it was there so I just had it okay okay so um so the biggest thing that I want that I, I want you to take away from this is that is that these are two very different situations, right? In both in both situations, you're like eating more than you want, but in one of them, you're like it's about bonding with people you love, and in the other one, it's about something completely different. Like it, like it sounds like you're still wrestling. Like like you're saying it's like automatic. Right. And I, I guess what I'm getting from you is that you're kind of like exhausted and, and, and stuff like that. Right. So these are two different situations. It, it could be the same amount of food. It could even be the same food, but there's something that really matters to you about bonding with your family. And we don't want to take that away from you. Like we really don't want to take that away from you. And then at the end of the night, you're exhausted and you're tired and, and you probably want something that feels kind of good. And I don't want to take that away from you either. What I what we want to look at is we want to look at like the, the function of food in both of these places is, is like, like the food has a function. You want to bond with your family. I want you to bond with your family. And I want you to be able to look at like, when is bonding with your family? Like, like what are the components of bonding with your family? Is it about being with them? Is it about the conversation? And, and it, it is about sharing food. We can take a look at like, is it about quantity of food? Right? Or is it just about sharing food with them? And then at night, we want to look at like, you do need some self-care and you do need to take care of yourself because you are, like you said, you're, you're so busy, you can barely scratch your ass. You, you do deserve some downtime and you do deserve to take care of yourself. And so where we're going to go with this long-term is I want you to be able to um, check in with yourself and see what's going on in the situation and check in with yourself and see what, what matters to you and see if one, can you be with those thoughts, emotions, and feelings that are showing up right then, whether it's like exhaustion, tiredness, frustration with work, whatever, can you be with that and then go take care of yourself? And then also when you're with your family, can you really check in and go like, I want to connect with them. And like, what's going to matter for me to connect with them right now? And, and, and there, there are tools we can put around both of those things, right? Like with the night thing, I'd probably put in a little bit of a pause before you make a decision, right? A couple minutes to just check in. And, and I feel like we're coaching two things at once, but, but I like the dichotomy because they're so different. And so like, 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 I, like, I, like I could keep going, but in a normal conversation, this is where I'd start in a normal co coaching conversation. This is where I'd start asking questions again. Yeah. You, like, that, word, that word right there, questions. And you can't avoid those questions because I also feel like the common theme in both of these, which is this isn't that common of a scenario that I come across. This is a part that I do see the other one that I'll bring up will be a different one, but it's see see that's like all my clients yeah <laughs> that's like the only thing i coach <laughs> that, that's the thing it's like anything that involves change in changing your hardware settings it you, you've been with that for so long it's going yeah. to be hard and the reason i brought this up is because the practice in making mistakes like something i see a lot 
which is something I also used to do. Like all these things that I just spoke about were things that I used to struggle with myself that I've overcome in different ways, as well as in the driver's seat, because people don't, people like to put blame onto others because you don't have like, and then they get offended when you say, no, you're in control. Oh, but it's easier said than done. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's easier said than done because you're making it harder than it needs to be. Cause you think you have to do all the things at the same time, all at once. <laughs> and it's stupid. Like, well, like, like, it, like in, in, in their defense, they probably had a coach or like did a diet that told them like that explicitly told them that they had to do all the things at the time at the same time. Right. Like other than us, you know, most of the people in the fitness industry are telling them that they need to do all the things all at the same time. So like when we first have that conversation with our clients and they don't like immediately get it, I, I understand what we're saying is radically different. Like, like, like we're, we're the weirdos. <laughs> but the, I, like how I see it is because it used to be me. It's yeah, but I need to get my money's worth of like, it's that buffet. Oh that, yeah. Yeah. It's the buffet I spoke about in like two of my other podcasts. Like there's a buffet effect with food where when you want to see the food, you want to eat all of the things and get your money's worth. And that's the same yeah. thing with coaching. It's almost like, I had a client that slowed the fuck down because she trusts me this much. But the first email I got from her was like, if you can't see me, it's like a massive list of all the questions and all the things she wants to like maximize. She's like, I want to make sure I'm maximizing everything of what you've sent me. I'm like, no, 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 no. Back down, slow down. Let's just focus on the first point that you told me. The rest, take your time. And I will tell you at the time you need it, because if you try to maximize everything all at once, you're going to overwhelm yourself and then you're not really going to do anything. But it's that money aspect, but it's also, yeah. this is where I say we here bridge the gap because you can get the body that you want. I mean, like me and at my clients, like when they actually listen, you can actually see that they've done the thing, but you can get the body you want by slowing down. Like doing everything all at once is why you aren't where you want to be. That is why you aren't where you want to be. And bringing into that other fact, it's, this is the one I see a lot, hoarding calories for nighttime and being scared mm. to eat enough. Bringing the skills yeah. to this because you're all about skills, which I freaking love. But you need to be okay with fucking up sometimes. You need to be okay with going over your calories sometimes, going over your macros, yeah. whatever it is, without hitting the panic button. Because yes, okay, it might be the shit before the fit, which is what I speak about in the thing that I tagged you on. Yeah, it might be the shit before the fit. But the difference is you're actually actively working towards being better versus just yeah. being shit in a revolving door. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 um wait pick 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 pick, pick apart <laughs> oh all of, all of the doors because i feel like okay. it all revolves around the same concept of practicing making mistakes and you got it okay okay cool um yeah so the the, the thing is like the kind of skills that are the the um that my clients are working on are things that are hard, right? So like, um, like noticing when full and stopping, that's hard. 
Uh, being able to distinguish hunger from stress, that's, that's, that's hard at first, right? And so um, imagining that we're gonna be perfect at that right out, right, out, right off the bat, yeah, yeah. I do wanna say one thing. Can you also remember in here guys, it's situationally dependent because I have some clients who need to actually eat past fullness because they have been in a chronic dieting cycle of always running less. So yeah. you need to, yeah, yeah, you need yeah, to yeah. realize what, not every message is for you. You need to know when to push. And with my girls, I make them eat yeah. a hell of a lot more for less because that yeah. is where you get in, like, because that kills the cravings, that kills everything else. And yeah. I'm going to add on to this for you to continue on the cycle of this is if you're having a 250, 300 calorie plate, it is not a fucking meal. That is a snack. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. but this is something that held me back for so long. Like yes. I was eating small and you actually, you helped me with this one. Thank you. But <laughs> you can't have rabbit food, even if it's in a big yeah. bloody bowl yes, that's going to keep you full because it kept me full for a little bit. But the thing is the way that hunger works is not just on the expansion of your stomach, but the caloric yeah. density of the meal. And if you are not getting in enough protein, enough fiber, one, that is not going to fill you up. Two, if it's under 300 calories, it's a snack, not a meal. Yep. That conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was, that was, that was, that was perfect. So, so, I, so, okay. First thing I love that you said was that um, all of this is situationally dependent. A absolutely, and that that's one of those things where, like, like in the in the GMB eating skills program, we teach people twelve guidelines and eight eight skills, and we don't expect um, all of those to apply to everyone in every situation. We don't, we don't apply all of those to apply to to like to some people at all, right? Like we assume that by the end, people are going to pick four or five that, that fit them. So that that's, um, and then another thing that I, that hit me from what you're saying, um, for what you were mentioning about like, oh, like if your meal's way too small, you're going to have to snack later and, and, and like that. Um, this all fits together as a system. So let me, let me break down like the system. So like we start with some guidelines and guidelines are kind of like training wheels for the skills, right? They're just like to make, to make, to make it easier, right? They're not rules. They're just like, it can be easier. And so like, if you have a balanced meal, that makes it easier to not snack later. If you have enough food at your meal, that makes it easier to snack, to not snack later. If you have a balanced meal and you put your fork down between bites, it's easier to notice when you're full and stopping. If you're putting like four to six hours between meals, that's a guideline that makes it easier to see if I'm having enough at meals, right? Like if you get legitimately hungry, two, three hours after your meal, your meal was too small. If you don't get hungry before your next meal, your meal is too big, right? Like you can, you can, you can triangulate based on all the different guidelines to see how you're doing, like to calibrate your skills with like, um, with like noticing when full and stopping. It, yes. Question. Yeah. This is a very strong one. How do you differentiate between the, the, the different types of hunger? Because here's an example. Uh, My dinner is 1,100 calories. That, okay. That fills me up until one day I smelt one of my favorite things getting cooked outside. And all of a sudden I wanted barbecue because I love yeah. barbecue chicken. Yeah. I'm freaking full, but I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. I know the dessert stomach. So how do you differentiate between that? 
that's that's a that's a great question okay so like um like fullness versus flavor enjoyment are are two different tracks they're they're two totally different tracks they typically um okay if if you're eating a balanced meal and you eat like the same thing they'll typically track together pretty closely if you um if you switch things uh, they can run on completely different tracks, which is like, if you go from savory food to sweet food, you basically start over, right? Um, people have different, different foods with diff where it's different. Like, um, like for me, uh, chocolate chip cookies and pizza, right? Like um, flavor enjoyment and fullness, totally different tracks. Flavor enjoyment will continue way beyond fullness. That, that is really powerful there as well, because I'm going to also add on to this dinner note. So I do have a really big dinner, but then the way that I structured my food is after that dinner, I also have 90 grams worth of cereal. Now here's the thing. I'm full after my dinner. I wait an hour to eat my cereal. And it's funny because during that cereal meal, all of a sudden I want more cereal, but this is where I also say, this is where I bridge the gap between you need structure, you need discipline in your life. But don't forget my rule of being yin and yang. You cannot have discipline without the yin of self-compassion. There's mm. discipline in self-compassion, but they, they, they can't exist on their own because discipline will lead you to burnout. It will lead you to living superficially for other people because you will lose yourself in the process. And it will just become diet after diet after failed diet. But self-compassion is going to leave you, I hate to say the word fat, but it's going to leave you fat, lazy, and a couch potato. So you need to realize that when, like self-compassion doesn't mean you're letting yourself go because it can't exist on its own. Continue on that path before because it's so powerful. So, um... Oh man, the, the whole the whole self-compassion thing is, is a whole like so um I'm I'm really into um Kristen Neff's Kristen Neff is a self-compassion researcher and she's like like her, her newest book is is fierce self-compassion. And so like in her research on self-compassion, she looks at that that dichotomy of nurturing self-compassion versus fierce self-compassion, or or you could look at it even like um like the self-compassion where it's like I'm being with my own humanity. And I'm being with my own um, uh, like imperfections and emotions. And then there's also self-compassion where it's like, I'm going to actually take care of myself, even when that's not the most comfortable thing. I'm going to do the hard thing because that's actually taking care of me. But I want to jump back to the cereal thing because. Um, that's powerful. The dopamine and the way that it hits you differently. Yeah, take that because it's different train tracks. Yeah, it's it's different train tracks. And if you know that, then you can still be in the driver's seat. I, I can know, oh, you okay, if I'm eating a balanced meal, if I'm eating a totally balanced meal, I can I can notice when I'm full and stop. And if I'm eating pizza, I can't. And that's by design. That's so that's okay. Like I'm not supposed to be able to like notice when I'm full and stop with pizza. And so if I know that I can't notice when I'm full and stop with pizza, that's okay. That means that I just need to like plate two slices or three slices or whatever I'm going to have and stop knowing that when I stop, I'm going to want more. And knowing also that I can want more and still stop. 
And so like, and so I really want to want to have my clients be able to know like, oh, okay, here are the situations where I can, I can eat based on hunger and fullness cues. And here are the situations where actually I need to pay attention to how much I put on my plate and I need to be able to stop wanting more. I can have like, I love chocolate chip cookies, no matter how many chocolate chip cookies I ever eat, I'm going to want one more to infinity. And so there's, there's a thing where like, I can have chocolate chip cookies because I know like, oh, I can have three chocolate chip cookies and really enjoy them and also stop even though I want a fourth. I know that a half hour later, I'm gonna be glad I didn't have that fourth, you know? That part is actually powerful because it's like, you need to have self-awareness because it's honestly, you might think that you're enjoying the whole thing, but you really aren't if like, I know that I enjoy my cereal a whole lot more knowing that I have that amount every single night. But if it becomes something that now, if you link this back into the night eating and the weekend eating, okay, it makes you feel, I remember where I heard this. So I kind of just reframed it so I can claim it as my own. But (laughs) it's like, is this for shadow comfort or for true comfort? Because Mm. to me, it sounds like it's shadow comfort because yeah, it's comfort for a while, but then as soon as you step back into yourself, you're not comfortable anymore because it's almost like um, shadow is taking yeah. over. I don't know how it was worded, but that's the way I, I like that. My creativity kind of took it. It's like you have this shadow that follows you everywhere, but that shadow can easily consume you depending on where your focus is. Because if you think of it like the sun, I only just thought of the snap because the light's there. But if you think of it <laughs> like the sun, depending on where the sun is, the shadow can overpower you. And then what happens when all of a sudden you change direction to like we started at the same at the start of the podcast, it's possible to accept yourself and change. So then when you turn back into that change where you want to become that person that you want to become, going back to the values, which we'll probably have to do another podcast on because that's so freaking powerful. But (laughs) when you turn your dial to change, all of a sudden you're in the driver's seat again. But now your bus is full with things that you don't even want in the bus and you're trying to get rid of them. It's like, you need to be aware. And with that pause that Josh mentioned, is this for true comfort or is this for shadow comfort? Because you can have both. If you realize that this is like, I, the only video game I've ever played aside from Halo, which I get, I got nightmares from literally (laughs) during the night with night sweats with nightmares. I was a child when <laughs> Halo came out. And the freaking, have you ever played it? Like this, I haven't played it. There's little marshmallow things that just multiply when you shoot them. <laughs> That's freaky. It, 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 this is a thing, like those things, like if you relate this, everything I say, I want to relate to something. But if you relate <laughs> to like your childhood where you had memories that haunted you in the past, they can still show up now. So you yeah. need to be aware of that stuff. But the thing is with the, with the Spyro game, I love it so much because you have to gather inventory and have like different boxes full. And when that's gathered, then you can level up to the next level. Like you can, you still defeat all the demons or whatever it is that's in there. You like, you do everything you need to do, but you can stay in the level until you, until you go and find a gate and race up the thing to get to the next one. Now I want to get Spyro again, but it's, (laughs) It's like you have to actually actively get to the next level, even though you've finished everything you need for this level. It's not like you finish everything on this level and then automatically you level up. So it's the same with your food habits. And the very first post that I saved of yours that I wanted to talk about was one saying, 
eating behavior change is hard. We won't always feel like it. And that's the same with the inventory. You can't just go from level one and try to maximize everything like the buffet effect. You need to start with where you are, gather the inventory. And when it's time to level up, level up. On this level, you might need to say no a lot more. You might need to make compromises a lot more. You might need mm. to make a lot more sacrifices, but realize it's not always going to be that way, but we're so short-sighted. How do you show people that? Well, I, I think the, the, um, the, the metaphor of practice is actually really useful in that, right? Because we've all practiced something right? We've all, um, a lot of my clients have, have kids that, that are in band, right? And, they, and they, they look at like how hard it was to play clarinet when they first picked up the clarinet versus, you know, in, in seventh grade or whatever. And then what it's like with them playing clarinet as a senior in high school, that like it, it got better every year, like, like massively so, massively so. And so it's one of those things where anything a client's practiced, even if, even if it's learning to drive, like, like there was a point where, where driving was really hard, you know, when people before, when people like had their, their learner's permit, we're learning to drive. And so if we use practice as a metaphor, we can, we can, they can relate to something that started off hard and got better. And that's the, that's one of the things that's great about a skill-based approach is that we actually do get better at it with practice and and it, it is it is like like it's it is really hard in the beginning and it and it gets better i love what you just said there because the driving metaphor i actually learned how to drive really easily like with me it was oh, yeah. with me it was like a week i was perfect at i was <laughs> i was i was 100 at everything except one thing and that was the three the the reverse to curb which I still struggle with. So I just choose not to reverse to curb. And I will walk 30 minutes to get to where yeah. I'm going to be. So I don't have to reverse to the curb. That is the only thing right. I can do. But I learned it because my mindset was different. A lot of people, this is something I see a lot as well with what, turning on the practice thing. I see this a lot with training where a lot of people are scared to fail, they're scared to hurt themselves. And in doing so, they hurt themselves more because of the psychology of I'm going to hurt my knee, I'm going to hurt my back. Oh my God, my oh, back yeah. starts to feel a twinge. Oh my God, I have back pain. Oh my God, I have knee pain. And then they just bring <laughs> on the pain themselves. So yeah. we spoke about mindset at the start, but now it's a great time to bring it back in because this also goes with the food. And this is why I say you need to also have structure. You need to have discipline. It's not either yeah. of intuitively eat to whatever. And it's not, you need to track everything. It's, you need structure and you need discipline sometimes because I could, I could eat a whole box of cereal and make myself sick and yeah. I enjoy half of that. But it's just the fact that I have that dopamine of, oh my God, I love this. Even though I'm full from dinner, because the thing that you said were three, three words, totally balanced meal. And this is something that a lot of people skip out on the importance of, and that's the importance of a totally balanced meal that is big enough to keep you satisfied. But also the training wheels, because skills need you to be okay with being a learner at first and being okay with failure so maybe you can touch on why it's so important to realize and have that self-awareness in both settings of pushing yourself in both directions to get uncomfortable and dealing with perfectionism yeah um yeah so um i mean anytime we're practicing something new it, it's going to be uncomfortable right? 
And, and to a certain degree, we have to, we have to embrace, I mean, like, like the reality is people are coming to me because they've, they've tried 20 diets before and like, they've been down that road. And, and the, the whole game is like, we're going to do something really new and really, really new is, is uncomfortable. And what you're saying about structure um, actually ties, ties back to what you were saying earlier about um, what, what do you say? Your, your, your defaults are shit, so, something like that. Default settings are bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, the, the whole point of having guidelines is that we're, we're, just do, we're just putting in new defaults right? If, if the default was to want a snack and immediately have it, we're putting in a default of, I want a snack and I'm going to pause 10 minutes. You know, if the default was, I feel bad and I'm going to eat something, we're putting in a new default, which is, I feel bad, I'm going to pause 10 minutes. That doesn't give you the skill of checking in, but that gives you some time right? That's, that's the training wheels for putting in the skill that's really hard of like, I'm going to check in and go like, okay, what do I feel in my, what do I feel in my body right now? Like, is my stomach full? Is my stomach empty? You know, um, do I want a balanced meal or do I just want this specific treat? What kind of thoughts am I having? Am I having thoughts about like a thousand things I need to do tomorrow? Am I having thoughts about what my boss said that, that really frustrated me? Um, are there any emotions that I can put some words around, right? Like that 10 minutes is just a new default. And inside of that, we put these really hard skills, which are like, I'm, I'm going to check in with me right now. And, um, and like another, like another little structure that we can put in is sometimes people put in, like, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to like, oh, I want a snack. I'm going to write down. What do I feel in my body? What thoughts am I having? What, um, what emotions uh, can I put words to? What's the situation I'm in? Preach me. This is powerful. I want you to continue on this one, but this is something, this is actually something I see a lot. Um, I don't know what to write. I don't know where to start. And then they deflect the whole writing down and what do I feel in my body? What do you mean, what do I feel in my body? I don't know how to answer this question. Yeah. So, um, so that's the thing, like, like people are in different places. Some people need more scaffolding. So I basically would ask more, more specific questions. I might say like, do you feel an empty hollow feeling in your stomach right now? And they can say yes or no, right? They're, they might say like, actually, I don't feel anything. I'm like, okay, great. That's information too. Um, what about your shoulders? Do your shoulders feel tight? Do they feel loose? If, if they're not even there, I might start with like, Hey, can you feel like, can you feel your feet against the floor? Can you feel, you know, um, the way your body's sitting into the, into your chair? Can you notice your breathing right now? You know, like, 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 like we could start with that and then we could go to like, um, like, like emotions are, are, are a hard one. We might say like, um, you know, I mean, I, I might prompt them. Where do you feel they stem from? Ooh, that's see, see, but that that's another hard one. Yeah. That's a, that, that's another like like you're going a layer deeper than yeah. most people have to start, right? So um, so yeah, so so we can scaffold it different way. You know, you know, we we could like I really like. Um, are there any feelings you have that you can put some words around? Like that's a really soft way of of asking that. Or if they really can't get there. I might go like, you know what, if I was in that situation, 
I might feel sad or I might feel frustrated or I feel angry. Do you feel anything like that? Yeah, I might give them some options. Um, which is another one of those things where like, like people can have like a feelings menu and they, they can pick from that to start. That's actually like a great way to start. It's, it's one of those things where um, the more people, uh, like, like uh, an issue with emotional eating tends to correlate with low, uh, low skill in emotional differentiation. So I kind of expect my clients to not be great at this at first because uh, those two things tend to, get, tend to go together. And we also, there's some cool research showing that um, the better people are at differentiating how they actually feel, the better they are with coping with that, how, however that is. Um, and, so, and so that's one of those things where like, if we need to start with like, I'm going to email you a menu of emotions or like a feelings wheel or something, and you're going to pick from that, we can totally start there, you know? And, and, and the cool thing is it's a skill. People get better at it, you know, after a couple of months, people are like, oh man, I was so frustrated. And it was weird. Cause like, I was excited about this other thing, but I was frustrated about the same thing at the same time. I'm like, that's amazing. I'm like, look at you. Like you're, you know? And then once they can name them, then we can have a conversation with like, could you make a little space for that emotion to be there for a minute? Could you just allow that to be there? Without having to do anything about it. And that's where it gets fun. And the same thing with their emotions or uh, same thing with the thoughts that they notice. Hey, can you just notice those thoughts? Like someone was saying them on TV. And can you allow those thoughts to be there without having to try and like fix them, without even having to try and, try and to, like change them, without having to like numb to eat them out, uh, numb to make them go away. Like, can you, like how, how can we differentiate these emotions, these thoughts, these bodily sensations from eating to numb, you know? that part is really true and so powerful that this is why when you get asked questions that it's powerful to actually do the homework even though it seems difficult and sometimes it might seem like tough love it's like but these are the questions that you've always avoided that kept you stuck where you are which is why yeah. you're experiencing what you're experiencing and here's one that I actually think you'll be able to dig into like say it's a client or you're coaching me through it because this is something I see a lot. I just thought of this one. Happiness for me is freedom for myself because I'm such a people pleaser and I need to do things for other people. And my sense of self-worth is from doing all these things and loving all these other people and feeling like I need to do this, do this, do this, to feel like I can get to here to feel like I'm worthy of it. And I want to learn resilience from difficulties and stress. So for our first, huh? There's two different things there, but you know. Yeah, but but that's that's how that's how it really shows up. So so if, if I'm coaching, your first thing I'd say is like you're you're way down the path already. Like, like you're you're way ahead. That's a really clear, like you're really self-aware right? You, you already know that you're doing these things to like, please other people. That's, that's what makes you feel valuable. Like just, just knowing that you're, you're already, you've already got some perspective and that perspective is really useful because if you, if you know that that's what your tendency is, you can, you can actually manage it. So all the things that we're doing, you know how like those other times we practice like, oh, 
can I have this emotion? Can I be with it? Can I have this thought? Can I be with it? You can have those thoughts. Like, like now we can start playing the game of noticing those thoughts and not acting on them. Like that bus analogy, this is what I love. It's like that bus, bus analogy where you're noticing what's passing and yeah. you're not letting them on the bus. Like notice the thoughts, but don't let them have a seat. It's actually the opposite of that. Oh, the, the, I said it the wrong way, yeah. But then so, so yeah, and, and this is one of those things where like, like, like there, there are two, like we have to find a thing, to, like we all have thoughts and, and to a certain degree we, people tend to eat to numb out their thoughts, right? Same way they eat to numb out their emotions. Um, so we have to find something to do with thoughts. And, and one of the perspectives on what to do with thoughts is kind of like the more classical or like standard way, which is like, we have to like change them or, you know, not essentially like not let them on the bus. Um, I take a contextual behavioral science perspective or an, or an act perspective, which is let's let, the, let's let the thoughts on the bus. Let's let the monsters on the bus, so, so to speak because I'm still driving. And the, the whole idea is that like, I could have those thoughts about like, oh, I need to please other people or I need to do these things to be valuable. And I can let them ride the bus while I'm still driving because I, I know my values. And so, I mean, this is, this is I mean, like, like, honestly, this is a thing that I, I deal with per personally. I'm, I'm like a super people pleaser. It's really hard for me to set boundaries. Like, I, like I'm kind of wired that way because of my history. Like I, I learned that. I learned that that could work in some situations. And also I'm self-aware enough to know that I do that. So I can, um, I can notice when those thoughts show up. I can notice when those urges to like people please show up and all those tendencies. And I can go like, oh, I know that. I know where it comes from. I can let that be there. I can let that ride the bus. I'm still driving. What actually matters to me in this situation right now, the kind of person that I want to be is the kind of person that can set this boundary, the kind of person that can say no, or the kind of person that can have this really difficult conversation that's that's really going to matter. And so those can show up and they don't have to influence my actions. This goes back to what I directed my thought of last time. You need to be okay with taking responsibility. Like where I was saying, a lot of yeah. people feel offended when we say, yeah, but you're in control. But that's the thing. Like that is your power. The power is that you are responsible and it is in yeah. your control to now change the next step. Oh, uh, but now I feel crappy. Thanks. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 Yeah. It's giving you power back. The more that you play yeah. with them, the more that you are going to feel like you can't control the situation. But if you realize that you are in control and this, like people play victim to being a people pleaser. And this is the hardest thing. And I feel this probably needs a whole podcast on its own because this is the majority of people these days. Like we always feel the need to do things for other people that we leave ourselves last. And then we wonder why we don't have confidence, why we keep falling. Definitely another podcast. Why we keep <laughs> to diets and quick fixes because it's like I don't have enough time for myself to even see the possibility of committing the long term because I need to please this person. I need to do all this. I don't have time to even make time for a whole year of a plan. So let's just do this 10 day quick fix or 12 week challenge. That is amazing. You know what's funny? I never put that together. I never, ever, ever saw that. Like that is, that is, that's so legit. Like, like people are spread so thin that like, of course they're looking for a quick fix because 
they don't really put that time into the oh man that's big that's cool I, I like that it's something I've been talking about a lot lately because I only just realized it I'm planning a video like I have like the thing where I'm trying to plan a video to talk about this because I'm seeing it a lot and then people then fall off track in trying like they will do something I had the reason I saw this is because of a client and then I saw it in another client and then I saw it in a consult <laughs> that I had but our consult that won't sign up because all she wants is a quick fix because she wants to change she just wants weight loss and everything about being skinny and she goes off the thing I tagged you in she goes off <laughs> people just commenting on how skinny like the results yeah but anyway so yeah. it's almost like you will lose the weight but then as soon as it's time to have a diet break or something there you just lose the ball you just pull the pin because yeah. now life takes over and you don't have something to focus on that has an end date so now oh, I didn't do this because now I have to clean the house and do all these other perfectionist tendencies that they put on themselves, which then redirects them away from what they actually know they need to do because it's not some quick fix to focus on. And yeah. what I've realized in this is because we are so busy, it's almost like we either don't commit or we want something quick start because it's like, no, no, no. I have all these to-dos that I need to do and then I need to get on top of this and then I need to figure out my shit. So I'm not going to get started yet on this long-term commitment to fix my behaviors, my to update my hardware, to do all the things I need to do yeah. to become better because I don't have time for that now. So let's just do this quick fix. Let's just go see the doctor and see what the doctor says and get some pills for this. Yeah. Well, and that, that like, I think there's also an element where it ties back to um, what we were talking about earlier about people feeling like they have to do all the things at the same time. I think, I think it is also harder to commit when you think that it's going to be an overwhelming amount of stuff to do. You're like, you're like, you're like, how do I commit to too much for too long? I can commit to too much for a short period of time, but they've never had the option of, of putting together a program that actually fit into their lives that actually considered like, hey, you want to practice these things and like, like you want to practice these eating skills. You want to make progress through your eating, but you also do still have work and family and friends and maybe like commitments to the community. You know, like they've, they've actually never done anything that fit into their lives before. And I think that's a, that's a barrier to commitment also. Yeah. And because you've never done it before, you don't know what it's supposed to look like. So then you look towards other people yeah. You look towards what other people are doing and then social media is showing you people mastering it all. Oh, that's what it needs to look like. No, no, no. You need to back to the whole buffet effect. You know, you need to be okay with starting with where you're at and investing in the long term. Like yeah. what what matters to you? Like wasting all this emotional tax and mental energy and not living and actually my my quote that someone keeps bringing up with me because it made her cry for days to a two people that aren't even clients they messaged me saying they cried after reading it but i'm like whoa are you actually experiencing life and living life or are you just going through the motions and avoiding the emotions and that quote just it triggered people and i'm like wow awesome. wow but that's the thing like you're doing all these things but are you truly experiencing it what's yeah. the whole point if you're not actually experiencing it and it might seem like you are on surface level because you're taking the boxes and fulfilling other people's stuff but what i thought of last night while i was writing something is it's almost like it's not about filling the cup anymore it's about shining the surface and waxing and polishing it 
to the point where you don't even realize that the cup itself is gathering spider webs. It's getting dusty because you haven't looked after actually filling the cup. It's just trying to make it look good for other people. That's a great <laughs> metaphor. Like, I, I don't know how I thought of it, but you know how we always say about filling the cup? Like, Fill the cup, yeah. <laughs> my, one of my cups, because it's like a souvenir, is full of shit. And like, how did that get in the cup? It looks great, <laughs> but it's full of shit. But yeah. it's, you want to make progress, but you also have all these other things to do. So how, mm. I guess, to kind of sum it up, because we're going to have to do another one. But yeah. to sum up, the art of being okay with being a practice, with the skills, with not being a perfectionist and realizing you don't have to do it all at once. Mm. How can we make this such a strong message for people to have faith in being a beginner and having training wheels? I, I think, I think you just have to get real about the unworkability of, um, of like the 100% rigid diet perfectionism. I think, I think when we get, get really, when we get real about the fact that like, like we've like most of my clients have, have done that cycle enough times that they can look back and they can, you know what, like if the cycle looked the exact same way between like being super excited, dieting, doing all the things, super rigid, crashing and burning, and then starting again, like a couple months later, if they can look back and see that they've done that like nine, 10, 12, 15 times before, then they can look at like, that's, that's painful enough that I don't want to go down that route anymore. And this, this new, um, these like, possibly like uncomfortable conversations I'm going to have with myself or in my journal or with a coach or whatever. And working on these skills are going to be really hard at first. That's uncomfortable because it's new, but it's different from that, like, uh, that like drama of that, like excitement and too much and crashing and burning over and over and over again. And I'm, and I'm actually done with that drama. Right. And so, um, you have to be done enough with the diet cycle of failure that you're willing to um, embrace something new. And 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 the the discomfort that comes with doing something new at first. That, um, wow, I love that. You said something that kind of reframes what I said. So it's a great way to end it. And that's, it's uncomfortable because it's new, but it's different than the drama of crashing and burning. And that's almost like the whole, you're scared to get uncomfortable, but you're willing to stay uncomfortable. So you're right. think about that. Like you're uncomfortable now, but you're scared to get uncomfortable. It's almost like the better the devil, you know, but honestly, right. honestly, think about it. Like they're, they're two different types of discomfort. And I feel like if you don't trust yourself and realize that it's not as hard as it needs to be, and allow yourself to tap into your inner child again, where you're willing to learn, you're willing to fuck up. And you're curious. Kids are curious. Yeah. That's like they, they, they want to explore. Explore yourself. Because that's yeah. what happens. It really does. Oh, this was such, <laughs> great. such a great episode. I, I cannot thank you enough for being on. If my, the, the, optimum, the optimal book for you guys to get your hands on is really the very first one that Josh brought out, which is habit-based diet and workouts. That was happens on Monday, I think it is, because it's this you like it's skills. 
And that's something that you can like just get your mindset around to see that it's not about fads. It's not about quick fixes. It's about actually realizing that you are a practice and you do need to learn the skills to get there and be okay to be a spyro, be okay to gather the inventory before you level up to the next thing. And you are more active on Instagram, aren't you? So I can link that. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Instagram's the place to catch me these days. Perfect. So Josh's Instagram is Joshua Hillis, and that will be linked in the show notes below. And we're going to have to get another podcast happening, I think. This is so much fun. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. And I will, you will hear me on the next podcast. <laughs>